0: Interview and inspiration. This is Marshall Paris. And this is Joshua Bussio, and we're here with Mr. Joe Frankie III. we We're privileged to have him again in our show, and we're excited to get more information from him. So kind of dive
1: even a little deeper with you. Sure. Can you tell us what was the biggest mess up that you had in your twenties?
2: The biggest mess up I had in my twenties. Um I don't know if you'd call it uh a mess up but it was certainly very painful. Um, I was a battalion maintenance officer so I was in charge of um, the supervision of you know the maintenance and the status of maintenance on a mechanized infantry battalion which has a lot of tracked vehicles. And so we picked up these tracked vehicles in Germany and you know from a depot and those kind of things. And so we're going through a systemic inspection and we ran across a number of the track shoes and the track on a on, on a vehicle is made up of individual shoes. Mm-hmm. And so a number of these were cracked. And so by the maintenance criteria, they were unserviceable and needed to be replaced. But the, the numbers of them were significant mm-hmm. and they went way outside the be- budget <laughs> and all of this kind of stuff and it caused the biggest uh, brouhaha uh-huh. that you could uh, uh, imagine and uh, but we couldn't argue the, I mean facts a fact right you can look at something and it's either cracked or it's not right <laughs> it either has a line down it that you can see an air gap in uh, or what have you so there wasn't any doubt about the interpretation um, but it caused a, a huge heartburn uh, concerning the amount of money necessary to get that all mm-hmm. straighten it out and bring it up to Uh, you know bring the combat readiness of the vehicles up to back up to task.
1: And basically we had to go through all of that getting everything, yeah that's... Uh, It was a right
2: right for your life uh, routine about okay well well, when do you think this happened? You know, did it happen after breakfast? uh, I mean this had happened I think a long time ago but this was in this systemic inspection. Mm -hmm was it was really highlighted and they were seen and oh by the way the cleaner you get the track shoe the more you could see (laughs) and if you think about it track shoes in the mud and dirt Mm -hmm. a lot yeah and so a lot of that you know stuff was was covered but if you cleaned it with a steam cleaner you could actually see the crack
1: you can see everything there yeah it's awesome so
0: in your inspiration we want to really focus on like how to recruit yourself out there get yourself your name out there your brand And now that we have LinkedIn, that's an awesome tool that we have. And Mr. Frankie is excellent in that. So we want to get some information about that. So, can you tell us a little bit about how you use LinkedIn and how our audience can use it?
2: Sure. Um, I'll start at the beginning. So, when I transitioned out of the military, uh, uh, it was very difficult for me. And uh, it was clear that uh, I wasn't doing it the right way and what have you and so um, and I didn't follow probably some of the guidance they gave me in transitioning and back at that time the only way you had to to get a job was you know you had to uh, talk to people they hear things or look on various sites like you know a big company will have positions posted and you need to apply to them but the more senior you are the fewer there are and all that kind of stuff and it became apparent you know, as I look back, that I did not understand the language of the civilian world. In other words, I had to be able to articulate my skills and experience in a way that a hiring manager could understand, mm-hmm. okay? They don't understand this military jar- jargon and stuff like that. And so LinkedIn was just coming into fruition about the time I was, uh, had transitioned and so by 2005 I saw where that would have been an amazing tool if it had been out there maybe two or three years earlier because you could really get some help articulate you know your experience sets and you know get translate that kind of stuff and so um I started using it uh, extensively from 2005 on Mm -hmm. so um, I've stayed with it I've counseled and coached Thousands of people. I started keeping up with who I was coaching in 2014, and I'm up at 598 as far as executives and veterans.
0: Oh, wow. It's amazing.
1: So, we're actually very fortunate that he's actually looked at as an absolute expert whenever it comes to LinkedIn. So, can you actually give us some of our tips or some of your tips of whenever you take an executive on, what are they usually missing? What do they need to have in there for LinkedIn?
2: Well, The biggest challenge is uh, people think that the resume is the uh, key document and the resume plays a very vital role. But in order to merchandise yourself, uh, the LinkedIn profile is just absolutely phenomenal. Mm -hmm. A resume is Mm two-dimensional and a LinkedIn profile is three-dimensional. I mean, with a LinkedIn profile, I mean, I know what kind of volunteer activities you do. I know what your passions are. I mean, if you populate it, right? I mean, it can be empty just like a resume, right? Mm -hmm. But so to harness the power of LinkedIn would be to take your skills and experiences and and properly market and merchandise them. Mm -hmm. And the biggest problem I have, and I see this in the in the executive ranks, but it goes everywhere, is everybody's a good guy. But, okay, Marshall's a good guy because he has done, you know, 16 podcasts, you know, and they have a readership level of such and such. Now we have some metrics associated Mm -hmm. with Marshall and Josh, right? Otherwise, hey, I just do podcasts. Well, that doesn't tell me. You're
1: trying to get past and get deeper into that, into what you actually do. Yeah,
2: in other words, so, I mean, if you can't measure yourself, then you can't measure anything for the company uh, I'm trying to sell you to.
0: That makes sense. Okay,
2: so all of these stuff's gonna come up in the interview, right? Mm-hmm. So why wouldn't you answer the stuff ahead of time?
0: That way they can actually see the numbers and get out there in front. Mm-hmm.
2: That's where it brings you to the front of the line.
0: So that's why you say LinkedIn is a better resource other than a resume because it's like more detailed. Of like. Well, right now, or?
2: so if you, if you um, put effort into LinkedIn, right? Mm-hmm then if I do a search, I'm gonna see you. I don't even have to know you. That's right. But if you do all this effort in a resume, right, and I'm not saying that's bad, because you're gonna to have to do that at, at a point in time, but the only way I'm gonna see that resume is if you send it to me. And oh, by the way, if I'm working for a big company and you send me a resume, well, I've probably violated my company's rules because the company usually says HR, Human resources is the only people that handle resumes.
0: Gotcha, but that with the LinkedIn, you can get straight to the CEO or whatever instead of just going to the HR department.
2: Well, uh, what I was saying from the, 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 the thing I was trying to um, explain is um, uh, if you, I might not know you, right? but mm-hmm. if I run a search today that says podcast, Texas A&M, and you've got those things on your LinkedIn profile, yeah. you're probably going to come up in the search. Okay. right? But if you don't have a profile, mm-hmm. then your only hope of telling me that is by somehow getting a resume to me. So why wouldn't you use the power of a platform that's going to put you globally on the planet rather sense. than me. Trying to wait from an email with an attachment. Mm -hmm. And I probably won't read it because you didn't put a good subject on it. Because I got 400 emails today. (laughs) (laughs) You know.
0: I get that. So,
1: do you think that you can ever put yourself out there too much? Is there anything that they can do that's way too out there? Or is it constantly try to do more?
2: Uh, Every individual, depending on their company, their background, has to make an individual. Uh, decision on that uh, personally uh, I put as much as I can out there because uh, I do I do consulting for government projects in other words people call me up and say Hey Joe you're you've done logistics for the government would you red team my idea would you blue team this you know would you would you do that and they find me because I've got that experience laid out there on LinkedIn mm-hmm. hey would you give me advice I'm thinking about taking this particular product to the Army and Air Force Exchange Service, you know, what would be your guidance? So my, my point is they wouldn't be contacting me mm-hmm. unless I had that populated, mm-hmm. populated in there. So in my case, I want to be contacted. So to me, if you're out of work, mm-hmm. I think you want to be contacted.
0: Exactly, yeah. What about like, say for like uh, students, What's what would you think would be the best way to put yourself out there? Like. W- Put your let me give you an example mm-hmm.
2: uh, I've been I've been hired as a coach to help a sophomore in high school put a LinkedIn profile together to get into a competitive high school in other words coach them through okay what experiences you have how do you populate this mm-hmm. you know uh, all that have you the same with uh, landing an internship you know you've got to land an internship nobody's mm-hmm. going to issue you one Uh, And the other thing is your first landing out of college, you know, to me you've got to have a world-class LinkedIn profile. Um, I mean, the college does as much as it can for you, but your own best um, steward of your career is you personally. And what can give you the greater power uh, of controlling and operating your career? It's a LinkedIn profile. And knowing how to properly merchandise yourself. You know it's like okay if I said Josh Marshall let's go fishing and you say okay what are we fishing for and you say, well I'm fishing for anything. I said well let's just take some bacon okay or, or, or some freezer burn uh, hot dogs. But if you want to catch a bass or you want to catch a trout, if you decide, okay, I really want this primo job, then you better design the bait for the fish you want to catch.
0: That's a perfect
1: analogy. So so actually really getting into the mindset, so how do you actually cultivate that mindset in someone? Say that an executive comes to you, they're like, okay, I want to go for this job here. How do you put them into mindset of really serving that company
2: you're looking good at that company? Well, see, if you're talking about a particular um, opportunity, then we're, we're into the position specification, mm-hmm. yes. right? So the, what happens is most executives have the experience needed on this position spec, but typically it's not on their resume. Typically it's not on their profile. Mm-hmm. And so one of the advantages of, of, of being a little bit more senior is I can read between the lines and I can say, Well, if he's done this, I know he knows that. Okay. And so I can call him and say, Hey, have you done this, have you done that? And and, and he's well yeah, and he'll tell you a story that he did that. And I said, But hey, none of this is on your LinkedIn profile. So none of these people are gonna find right. you. You know, if if you wanna get found, you know, you gotta have something.
0: Mm-hmm. So keywords is key. Key
2: keywords is key but I mean you need to tell your story I mean each experience section is 2,000 characters mm. and you can tell bulletized stories about hey I worked on this project with uh, six project team mem- members a 1.2 million dollar budget it was completed um, under schedule and okay. under budget I mean okay that's something that's that's something I can sink my meat into right okay so now and then this guy's showing me that or gal is showing me they can measure their production Mm.
1: so that's that's very key for you is actually being able to show that you're getting quantifiable numbers for the work that you Right.
2: the key to it is quantitative qualitative metrics so not everything is defined by a number yeah but there are qualitative or word groups or, you know, that you can put together that uh, do that. Like, for example, um, for for me, qualitative would be, okay, uh, joint lead for joint transportation support of the Kursk Russian submarine rescue operation in support of Commander Submarine Atlantic. OK, so there's no numbers in there, yeah. but a submarine went down and I was charged and our team was charged with setting up all the joint transportation to get people and stuff to that um, emergency area, which never happened. And oh, by the way, that's going to be a movie coming
1: out. Oh, really? Yeah. Is it wow. that's. And do you have a little bit of input of how that movie's going to go? Or?
2: No, in fact, I'm uh, anxious to kind of see the trailers to see where it's. Gonna go because I worked on that uh, operation with my my team, and it was a beautiful operation. In fact, I still get uh, I and I have that on my LinkedIn profile. There you go. So I still get I get two to three calls a month on
0: on that. Oh, yeah. Just for that LinkedIn. Well,
2: it's it's probably one of the most unstructured uh, projects because I mean, how do you prepare for rescuing a Russian submarine? Mm -hmm you 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 do it it. you just do it (laughs) it. there's no manual (laughs) yeah
0: do it. I mean yeah from another one that you're saying the best practice is just actually doing it so I think
2: experiential learning trumps just about everything else if you have some experience in something uh, you know uh, for example if if you've run 25 projects right and you don't have your PMP and I got another person that's got a PMP but hasn't run any projects.
1: So PMP uh, that's?
2: A project management professional, that's a certification for okay. project mm-hmm. managers. So I'm sorry, but that comes out of the PMI Institute, okay. Project Management Institute. Mm-hmm. And so to me, I'd rather have somebody that was got project management experience, mm-hmm. you know.
0: What it's about, nice to have
2: a certification, Yeah, obviously. but okay hey, it, uh, at the end of the day, it's put up or shut up. Mm-hmm.
0: So just try to get any experience. That would be like a super helpful tip for our audience. Like say, I mean, brand new in college, I don't have anything. Just get as much experience as you can. So people like yourself can see your LinkedIn and be like.
2: Like for example, uh, let me sh- share with you how most college students undersell themselves. Okay, so i am I'm talking to Marshall now so okay when you're and when you were in high school did did you work yes sir okay where'd you work
1: so I worked at the roller rink I worked at a swim school and also as a lifeguard and also ran a little organization
2: okay so at the roller rink what did you do
1: I what did I do so I was DJ safety manager and so basically rode around the roller rink and then fixed skates
2: okay so what I'm saying is there's four things that he said that can be elaborated on there,
1: mm-hmm.
2: okay. okay? Because for him to fix skates, he has to control inventory. There's got to be stuff to fix. So he has inventory control experience. I'm not saying he, he's a GE quality inventory manager, but he knows that he had to have certain parts. He had to have certain tools in order to do that. And oh, by the way, somebody had to be, have enough faith in him to allow him to to touch a skate because you could hurt somebody if these things don't work right. All right, and so what was the other thing that you did?
1: So also I was a swim instructor.
2: No, back Uh, at the rink.
1: Oh, back at the rink, I was a safety safety monitor.
2: Okay, so what did you do as safety monitor?
1: So went around the skating rink, ensured everyone was safe, and then on one occasion had to do CPR, and then another, someone fell down and broke a leg.
2: So in that, you have 2,000 characters to tell a story about the skating rink. So you can talk about administering first aid, that you yeah. properly administered first aid because you did CPR. Yeah. Okay, so, but most people would just put that they worked at the skating rink. And so what I'm saying is, you've done the stuff, but subconsciously, you've got to take it out and dissect it a little bit. And so what you're doing is, in telling those little bulletized stories, you're merchandising yourself. Because now I know, if he's been at the roller's Gang, did you ever control money?
1: Yes, sir, I did.
2: Okay, so he's had fiscal responsibilities at the roller rink. So that that tells me that somebody trusted him with cash, Mm -hmm. okay? So that's a different level of person. But if that's not there, I can't see that. that. But if you do the LinkedIn profile properly, Everything that you would say in an interview is already embedded in the LinkedIn profo- profile.
0: Because it's dissected. Mm-hmm. So dissect your LinkedIn? Is that, can you really well, I'm just saying elaborate. you
2: take what you did and really analyze it. Put a, a, an analytical. So, I mean, in the space of one and a half minutes, You know, he showed me four different uh, experiences. He can analyze, he's had fiscal responsibility, he's had inventory control, and he can perform maintenance reliably. Mm -hmm. And plus he can administer uh, medical assistance on demand. So there's five bullets that should be laid out in at least two to three sentences each in that experiential section. Then he builds a new section Mm -hmm. for whatever he's gonna, the lifeguard. So at the lifeguard, he had to be certified. Mm-hmm. So you go through that piece. And then there's little bitty stories and snippets mm-hmm. uh, there. And all of those add up to making a person, you know, that's going to college that's already had these experiences. That, well, can I trust this guy? Well, whoever whoever had this rank trusted him four years earlier.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's why you're saying that college students are underselling themselves because they're only putting, like, the main title... But not giving themselves credit of what they actually did, right? Okay. That so, unfortunately, we only have time for one more question.
1: But can you give us an example, a story, or basically kind of a diagram of the best person that you've seen of how they've actually structured their LinkedIn and how they market themselves?
2: Uh, the best way, uh, first of all, a uh, you need to understand the, the, the basics, right? And um, uh, Lori Ruff, uh, she wrote, uh, Rock the World uh, with Your LinkedIn Profile. Mm-hmm. And I consider it the best primer. So I always tell even people I'm coaching, you start out right there. You can read the whole thing mm-hmm. in a Sunday afternoon, but it takes LinkedIn and breaks it down and shows you the power of each section plus how big each section is. And if you populate um, a LinkedIn profile correctly, you know, it'll it'll work for you. But her book is what I call the body of knowledge of LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. If you know the body of knowledge of LinkedIn, just like if you know the body of knowledge of Texas A&M University, you know how to get around, do stuff, right? So if you know the body of knowledge of LinkedIn, then you can maneuver appropriately in LinkedIn based on who you are, and what you want to accomplish.
0: Absolutely, thank you, it's an amazing tip. Interviewing Inspiration, get these tips, use your LinkedIn to your benefit. It's gonna be the future. Mr. Frankie gave us amazing tips, so do them. Hope you wrote those down. We wanna thank him, thank you so much for being here, and we will see you next week.
2: Thank you, appreciate it.
1: From everyone here at Interviewing Inspiration, we'd like to say thank you for all of our listeners and all of the people who have supported us. We'd also like to say thank you for the people in Interviewing Inspiration who has made this possible. Parsh Fahadani, our co-owner and producer. Matthew Rigali, the head of business development and operations. Avine Pasolar, the creative director. Matthew Martinez, the business and technical advisor. We'd also like to give a special thank you to Mark LaCour for helping us get started up. He's actually got some podcasts of his own. Go check them out. They're about oil and gas, and they're actually really great. In addition, Cameron Turin, the creator of our music for this podcast and everyone who has come on the show to be interviewed and share their knowledge. Thank you.